This is the Courtside Connect, your go-to podcast for all things Kentucky basketball and Kentucky basketball's quickest game review podcast. I am your host, Matt Sack. As always, I am joined by Scott Clark. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Uh, it was a bumpy road to victory, but it was fun to watch. And uh, Auburn lost, so it's a great night. How are you, Matt? I'm doing great. Roadkill is a roadkill. A win is a win. We're going to go and break it down. But before we do that, do you want to send a message from our good friends over at UK Blue Chips? I sure would. Big Blue Nation, now is your chance to own a piece of Kentucky basketball history. Kentucky basketball has partnered with Blue Chips to be the official and exclusive home for Kentucky basketball NFTs. All season long, Blue Chips will be dropping unique digital collectibles of your favorite players and the most legendary coach in college basketball. Collect player cards, snag limited edition collectibles of big moments, and get access to exclusive events and win prizes. Join the Blue Chips Discord the online community for diehard BBN fans to talk hoops and get closer than ever to the Cats. Don't miss out. Visit ukbluechips.io now and get your piece of Kentucky basketball history. Absolutely. As always, thank you to the great people over at UK Blue Chips. Go check them out. But getting into tonight's game, like you said, there were some parts that were uglier than others. Um, we, we started off, I thought, pretty good. Ty Ty Washington was starting to find his groove, and then he got a few fouls, but rebounding was probably the biggest thing that just kept um, South Carolina in the game. So when we break this down, we're, we're going to do something a little bit differently. Um, last night, I tweeted out, I said, hey, me and Scott, we're going to answer some questions or we're going to just say, what do you want to see from our team? And you guys all replied to that tweet that I sent out. And anyone that replied, we're just going to read off your reply and we're going to address how we think our team did in that category or answer your question. So um, at Tom Vecini, you said, I want to see a win. That's all swaggy Liam Cohen. You said, just win the damn game hoodie season at Dr. Hoodie Mad Dog. You said oh, win by 30 plus they're God awful. Um, at WN chin 33, you said a win on the road in the sec. Don't care if we leave with a two to nothing victory, just win. And we, we did just win. So, I mean, it, it wasn't ugly I mean it was wasn't pretty in all the parts it was a little ugly but I was mostly impressed with the win how, do, how did you feel about tonight's win just in general overall I'm happy we won but I am a little bit disappointed in how we played in terms of effort uh I think we were just outworked a lot of the games especially with our guards um I was texting you about it we our guards just didn't understand the concept of boxing out and a lot of their guards were able to get offensive rebounds. So I don't think that could happen if you want to be a really good team, which this team is, but if you want to win the championship, you can't be getting outworked like that. Absolutely. Um, at Turismo 77 said team effort exclamation point. I think if I'm not wrong, we had six different players put up double digit points tonight and that doesn't include Sabir Wheeler who had double-digit assists. So we really had seven people put up double digits in some sort of uh, scoring or offensive category. I mean, what did you just see, like, from the whole as a team and how they were collectively, not really needing to rely on a single person? On the offensive end, I mean, everyone was clicking. I mean, 
Davion had 10. Jacob had 10 before. I mean, Jacob had 10 in the first half. Uh, like Kellen five had, minutes before getting yeah, there, right? Yeah. Kellen had 12. Uh, Ty Ty 14. Keon 15. And then Oscar 18. Like, it was coming in bunches. No one was really, you know, carrying the offense. And that's what you want. So, on the offensive end, credit to them. Yeah. Um, at Terry Holbrook or Terry Lisbeth. Terry Holbrook on Twitter. He says, be consistent. No dumb fouls have fun so one by one be consistent i don't know if we quite did that it was a little bit up and no. down there, there were times where we looked like a national title contender specifically when we were rebounding the ball we were forcing turnovers and we were pushing our offense um it was less consistent when we were turning the ball over we weren't rebounding we were letting south carolina just put up back their own misses easily um what, what do you stay on i mean we kind of already addressed the consistency side but any anything else on that I mean, you kind of nailed it on the head. Just lack of effort consistently and can't happen. No dumb fouls. I didn't really see any on our end, maybe on the like the referees end yes. um, <laughs> in terms of dumb foul calls on them. But I don't think our team personally had any dumb foul calls. No, I don't I don't think so either. I think the rest are just they're pretty bad. Um someone actually she wasn't on this tweet, but a separate tweet, she quote tweeted me. Um, at Jen underscore read my sign. I don't know if she listens to this podcast or not. I don't even know if she follows me, but she said petition to change the charge motion to something the refs don't like to do as much. And honestly, I think that's X. a great idea. Like if X. they don't do that little three or four, like jump skip into like the head hand behind their head and like a push, I think we would get a lot less dumb foul calls. Yeah. They, it's a ref show. Uh, and not just the SEC, but in all college basketball. And I literally anything, I, there's nothing that pisses me off more than that stupid charge call because it's just, they get so into it and I hate it. So, Jen, you are spitting facts. Uh, last thing Terry brought up was um, have fun. So, I think that's all team, that matters. <laughs> I think our team did that tonight. At the end of the day, we got a 10 point road dove. We're all gritting out of the arena. We're all chanting one, two, three, roadkill. I thought our team had fun tonight. I, I mean, I was about to reference in, reference the gritty video. So they had fun. If they have fun, then I can have fun. Happy birthday, Lance Ware, too. Happy birthday, Lance. King. Um, my guy, Bradley, at 270 Bradley Smith, um, host of Bradley's Basketball Banter, the podcast. He says, I'd like to see one of the guards have an offensive explosion, preferably Ty Ty, since he's due for a big game. At Stonewall Stoji, he said, I'd love to get back on track and have a great flow on offense like they did before the Ty Ty injury. Most importantly, just don't want to have a letdown to a bad team. So Ty Ty Washington struggled a little bit coming back from his injury, which is, is to expect because it seemed like he was still dealing with the injury and fighting through it. Plus, he missed practice time. So he's, he's not at the tip top of his shape. So, I mean, I, I thought he bounced back tonight. I thought he was excellent tonight. What did you see from him? Tyson carried the load in the second half for like a two to three minute spurt and he hit big shots. And I feel like when the offense kind of breaks down and there's about 10 seconds left in the shot clock, I put my full trust in giving the ball to Ty Ty and letting him cook. And he did that tonight. I mean, without Ty Ty, I don't think, I think this game is a lot more close, obviously. And I think in terms of growth for him, the fact that we were able to put the ball in his hands and let him do it, he does when we needed him like the absolute most uh, will do wonders for him and his team. So 
Yeah, Ty Ty Washington, um, third in the team in scoring tonight with 14 points, but on a super efficient six of 10 shooting from the field, one of two from behind the arc, made one of his two free throws, had three rebounds, three assists, did have a few turnovers. We kind of had a lot of turnover problems as a team. Um, had a steal as well. The stat that stood out to me was only 25 minutes of play. And especially with Xavier Wheeler struggling as much as he did throughout the game, he had a lot of ups. He, he did do a lot of things well, but he also had stretches where I, he, he was really hurting our team, in my opinion. So um, I thought I wanted to see us go to Ty Ty Washington, play the point more, and just, just let Wheeler go to the bench, recoup, figure his stuff out, and then put him back in. Not that I say I want him benched. But for Ty Ty Washington only to play 25 minutes tonight, I mean, do you think we're still just taking it easy with the injury? Or do you think that Cal just really has all his faith and Xavier Wheeler to run this team at the point guard? I think Ty Ty in his minutes, he didn't play a lot of the first half because he had those two garbage charge slash block calls that just that didn't, even, uh, didn't even make sense. And the thing with Severe, I was, me and my dad were texting, or my dad and I were texting, um, with Severe, it's kind of best for him when he's getting really sped up and he's just not going right for him to sit him for a couple minutes because I think once he's on the bench, he's like he gets his breather, he looks at the game from an outsider's perspective, and then he comes back into the game. And Severe, for those last, what, like seven, eight minutes, he was great. I, he is the Severe Wheeler that we all know and love. So I think Ty Ty's minutes, I think I can – I'm going to attribute that to the foul trouble in the first half. And with Severe – I, I'm all in favor of sitting him for a little bit, let Ty Tyre on the show, and then putting some severe back in so he can initiate the offense and kind of have that calming presence with him again. So what is Kentucky's record right now? Do you know? 20-4. and four. So we've played 24 games, which means before today we've played 23 games, which means Ty Ty Washington missed one due to the injury. So he's played 22 games. Do you know how many of those 22 games Ty Ty Washington has picked up three or more fouls? I'm going to say like 12. Two. Oh, There's been two out of the 22 games, which is about 9% of the games Ty Ty Washington picked up three or more fouls. And he's yet to fall out. So he's either at three or four just twice. When you have two absolute garbage fluke charge calls we don't need to take Ty Ty Washington out for the last 10 minutes of the half he doesn't foul he's, he's not like a pick your pocket point guard he's a pretty face up guard and he has great lateral quickness and he doesn't foul a lot so take him out for a minute tell him to stop like kicking guys in the chest when he goes for floaters just tell him to be a little more cognizant of that and throw him back in because again he had two bs fouls we took him out for 10 minutes our offense went stagnant at the 10 point lead when he left went all the way down to five at halftime. And it's a two possession game. He ended the game with two foul calls. And you know, there, there's guys like Oscar where I get it. Like we need Oscar down the stretch and you never know, like someone might throw him in the post and try to try to get a fluke foul off of him or something like that. I mean, Ty Ty Washington just isn't as exposed on defense where I think we need to take him out right. for 10 whole minutes. What, what do you feel about that? I agree. Um, I've also always been with Cal's philosophy of if you pick up two uh, in the first half, you kind of sit because I trust our depth in the first half to pick up the pace, like pick up the pace of, you know, when Ty Ty's out and Toppin, he was doing that scoring that Ty Ty would have provided if he were on the court. You know what I mean? 
However, Ty Ty, like I didn't know that stat that you just gave uh, us. I mean, he's not a foul prone. He's a guard. You know what I mean? And two of those fouls were block charge. Now, if he picks up his third, it becomes a really big issue. So I'm, I'm wishy-washy on it, but I understand why someone could say, all right, you know, let him play the rest of the, or not the rest of the first half, but let him get some first half minutes because of the stat that you gave, that you gave me. I mean, he hasn't fouled out yet. So you could, you got to trust him. I, I agree. I mean, I'm with you. I'm a huge defender of like that Cal tactic, two fouls, take them out. You just don't want to risk it, especially with certain guys. But I mean, when we get to the tournament or some of these bigger SEC games, like when we go at Arkansas, at Tennessee, if he picks up two offensive fouls, I mean, I just – I don't think we should risk putting him on the bench for 10 minutes and going on an absolute scoring drought. And if we start to go on a scoring drought, I'd throw him right back in. He just simply yeah. doesn't foul a lot. And if you get screwed over by it, you get screwed over by it. But the numbers suggest that you shouldn't. Going back to some of these responses – uh, Todd Clemens, hashtag BBN, said, uh, what I would like to see is Saber Wheeler be better on the offensive end. He also says, do you think we'll see more of Damian Collins? We'll talk more about Damian Collins in a second, but um, at D underscore Kells underscore says, seeing Wheeler get out of his scoring drought. So I don't think I would necessarily say he got out of his scoring drought tonight. If anything, he continued it. I actually don't even know if he had a field goal tonight. I think he only got he some didn't. free throws. He did get one or he didn't? He didn't. He was over five. Over five, yeah. But he did do a lot of things well on the offensive end. I, I did bring up he was a little inconsistent. But what did you see overall from Saber Wheeler tonight? And do you think it was a, a good offensive game for him or a not so good offensive game for him? See, the thing with Wheeler is that severe Wheeler take it and then severe Wheeler give it. You know what I mean? Like he'll do – he had 11 assists, but he also had five turnovers. And most of the time this year, he's been consistent. I think his turnover to uh, assist ratio or his assist to turnover ratio is like three to one. So it's really good. Um, tonight, he just he made some poor choices with the ball. And I would say it was more of a positive, like just slightly, ever so slightly. Um, he's just got to cut out those turnovers. And I think a lot of those turnovers, um, I mean, he had a couple where he would just overshoot the man a little bit or he would drive himself into too much trouble because that's where he's at his best when he drives and kicks but he got into so much trouble where he couldn't pass out of it and it would be a turnover so it's just little fixable things with severe but severe so far has done so much more good than bad so i i hope fans after watching this game you know stick with the severe blur train because severe makes this team go I, I agree i mean 11 assists tonight and four rebounds on a, on a night where we, we really didn't have a lot of good rebounding. So he kind of recognized he had to get in there, even as a 5'9 guard, and just help out. But, I mean, 11 assists, the five turnovers, I mean, like you said, you got to take the bad with the good. I mean, that's a over a 2 to 1 assist to turnover ratio, 11 assists to five turnovers. So, I mean, I will take that. Um, the only thing I won't take, my one gripe is the – mid-range pull-up jumpers or floaters yeah, five seconds into the shot clock like that that's my one gripe with Saber Wheeler if he did that less tonight I think he would have had at eight out of ten nine out of ten great game but just that's not his shot and you get to the paint if it seems like he his first look is obviously like a lob to Oscar or Keon or a dump down pass for them to get an easy dunk his second look is for him to get a layup himself and then his third look is to kick out to one of the wings. And sometimes people take the paint, like a layup from either him or like the big run in along with him. 
they take that away and then they take away Grady and Mintz on the wings and they leave him open in the middle. Instead of pulling up, I'd like just to see him dribble out of that and reset up our half-court offense, in, in my opinion. What do you think about that? I'm actually okay with him taking a floater because his floater mechanics are, are they're pretty good. And most of the time when he does like a little like running floater, it's, it goes in. Um, I don't have the stat pulled up, but just based off like memory, you know what I mean? It's when he does like the pull up, like get on two feet, jump shot. It does not go in like a lot. And, and I'm, I love how Cal utilizes floaters. He encourages his guards. Cause I think a floater is a very good option. So if severe would just kind of resort to the floaters instead of the pull up shots from the elbow, I'd be a lot happier. And, but, and also, like you said, the, him taking the ball back out, resetting the offense. I don't mind that either. Um, but him and his mid-range shots today where they made my head spin. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know why he would do it because he's a very smart player. So, but if he resorts to more floaters and pull up twos, I'm happy with that. Yeah. So moving on, I mean, previously mentioned, Todd, hashtag BBN, had said, um, do you think we see more of Damian Collins? Uh, Terrence at Royal Miss T said he wants to see Hopkins and Collins get some minutes. That would probably mean the top seven are handling our business. I don't think we saw extended minutes from Collins tonight. I think we saw him in a couple little stretches. Um, Hopkins, we didn't see at all. Um, the top seven, I feel like for the most part, did handle their business, but not to the point where we're able to go too far deep on our bench. But um I guess just moving forward, do you want to see more of Damian Collins? Do you think he's just kind of – you'd kind of just rather see him in a lower role with Lance Ware, maybe just five minutes off the bench if Oscar gets in foul trouble? Or do you think there's extended minutes to be given to either Bryce Hopkins or Damian Collins down the stretch late here in SEC play? Um, With Damian, I think what he had today was pretty good. It was kind of par for the course in terms of – I mean, he played four minutes. Uh, if you could get that to like five or six, I don't care. But – the, the beauty with this team is that if Oscar has to go out, you either have Ware or you have Collins. And I think they're both serviceable in what they do. I mean, Ware provides good defense and Collins provides length. Now, in terms of Bryce Hopkins, though, I, I just don't see a role with him on, on this team. He, he doesn't have a skill. Like, the thing with Collins and Ware is that you know what you're going to get from them. Like, they have a skill set or they have a – like, Ware's strong suit is defense and Collins' strong suit is being – a good rim protector as well as providing length and uh, a lob threat. But with Hawkins, like, l- let me ask you, like, what do you think Bryce Hawkins has a specific skill set to, to help this team or no? I think he's a very well-rounded player. Like you said, I think he does a lot of things. Well, I think he's in a ball. I think he has the potential to be an above average shooter given his size, you know, being able to play the four, um, I think he has above average athleticism for a guy of, again, of his physical strength. I, I feel like he's pretty good at being able to dri- dribble and drive to the hoop. Um, I think he has potential to be a good defender, a lo- good low post guy. But again, this is like really well-rounded stuff, you know? So for him to, when you look for guys to come off the bench, you want to see him in a role, you know? Right. And he doesn't Davion have Mid- Davion Minch is Davion Mintz is the spark plug off the bench. You throw him in for instant offense. Jacob Toppin, you throw in for defense and a lob threat and just more athleticism on the court. Lance Ware, you throw in a guy when you you just need someone to replicate some of what Oscar Shibway gives you, or you just want a physical bruiser down low that's going to 
you know, ruffle some feathers with the other team center. Damian Collins, it seems like I project him more as a two to three year guy. So his junior year guy, I think that's a guy maybe you could play through like a, a PJ Washington on his sophomore year or uh, I, I can't think of a great example. I, maybe he reminds uh, me. I think he's going to have like Jones, a Nick. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a, a Nick Richards career type arc where his first two years he kind of struggles and then his junior year it's like he puts everything together. Yeah, I see that with him um, for sure. But moving on to Damian Collins, I put out a very hot take and I expected it to have a very negative reaction. So I'm I'm not I'm not upset that people kind of got on me for this. I it was actually more positive reactions than I expected. So um on Damian Collins, this was immediately following the Shaden Sharp news. I had tweeted out something. Let me let me say what I'm what I tweeted out, and then let me give my explanation because I want to make sure it's perfectly clear what I mean by this before I get your full reaction on it. So, anyways, I tweeted out Damian something along the lines of Damian Collins if he has like a breakthrough and meets his potential, that would be a bigger development for our team than shade and sharp playing this year. And what I mean by that is I don't think Damian Collins is, is going to be a better college basketball player than Shane sharp. I think Shane sharp has way more potential. I think Shane sharp might even be the better basketball player right now. Obviously I think he's going to be a way better basketball player in a year right. and moving forward. What I meant by that is you throw Shane sharp on this team. All right. You already have your point guard, Sabre Wheeler. You know you need a guy like Kellen Grady or Davion Mintz at the court at all times just because of their shooting ability, which means really his only place to play is when Ty Ty Washington comes out of the game. And Ty Ty Washington is a 30-minute-per-game guy, which means there's 10 minutes a game at the most for Shaden Sharp to play. And I think what he can do in 10 minutes over like a Davion Mintz off the bench or extended minutes from Ty Ty Washington or Kellen Grady that's a net positive, I think, having him on the team. But the net positive to have Damian Collins playing at his top potential, um, him being – we don't have a lob threat on our team as good as Damian Collins at max potential. We don't have a rim protector as, as good as Damian Collins. We don't have a center that can really guard the pick and roll as well as Damian Collins. Those are our three biggest holes on this roster, in my opinion, and we're a top five team. We don't, we don't need Damian Collins or Shane Sharp to be elite, but right. I think Damian Collins, his emergence on his team could patch up those holes and move us from a top five team to a top one or two team. If we see his emergence where I just think Shane Sharp gives us an extension of what we already have in our backcourt with all that being said, how do you feel about that? hot? Team? No, I, I, I agree. And I'd say the same thing. If I've said the same thing, if like CJ Frederick returned, it would be more, it would mean more to this team than if Shaden Sharp uh, played. And the biggest, like the one question mark I have with this team is front court depth, like Lance and Damian or Damian are very, they're serviceable. Uh, I think Lance is a little bit more serviceable, but if Damien can play to his like true potential this year, right? You don't, because I think as a collective, when Oscar goes out, Big Blue Nation's kind of like, okay, well, you know, they kind of hold their breath a little bit and they, they worry a little bit. But if Damien can really reach that full potential, I don't have to worry about Oscar being out. You know what I mean? But if, if so let's just say, let's carry on to Shaden, right? 
and he comes out on the floor, what's he going to do that's really different than, than Davion? Is he probably better than Davion Mintz in a year or so? Yes. Right now, who knows? That's, that's the type of thing. We don't need a guy that can create his own shot and score because Davion already does it. Now, if C.J. Frederick were to return, you're adding a 48 or 47 three per career. Jeez, uh, what am I trying to say? 47 three-point um, shooter career-wise. That spaces the floor. That provides extra shooting. That's what you need. So with Shaden, it's kind of just like, would it be cool? Yes, but Damian playing to his potential would mean so much more. So, yeah, I think you nailed it on that. Yeah, Um. moving on from that point, uh, at James C. Bundy, he says he wants to see Shibwe in a headband. I don't think we saw him in a headband, but did Sabir Wheeler we have one on the night? He did, and I liked it. Keep it, Sabir. If you ever listen to this, please keep it. I like it. So we didn't see a headband tonight from Oscar Shibwe, but what, what did you see from him tonight? I saw a dominant Oscar, 9 for 12. He did miss a free throw, but it is what it is. 14 rebounds. Um completely off off record Oscar I wish you would have gotten one more rebound because you would have won me some money but anyways he he was the Oscar that we know and love and the past couple games he struggled scoring but his, his rebounding self was was the usual and then on the defensive end he had three blocks and two steals like that's 18 and 14 and then three and two that is a national player of the year stat line he took over the game when we needed him the most so per usual another Oscar worthy performance from, from our national player of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I want you to expand on because you were texting me this throughout the game, Oscar obviously is the best rebounder in the country, but sometimes our team takes that for granted and um, we don't box out and Oscar Shibwe is great at cleaning up interior rebounds, you know, cause he boxes out and right. he gets all the close rebounds. But when you get some of these three point misses, or these bad mid-range misses that hit the rim and shoot way off. Oscar's too close to the rim to grab that. We don't have guards boxing out um, as like secondary rebounders. Or if they just put three guys on Oscar, he obviously can't take them all, even though he's a machine. Um, what do we need to do differently on the glass? Because we gave up way too many offensive rebounds tonight. Our guards need to box out. I, it got to the point where I was – every time uh, Carolina put up a shot, I didn't even look to see whether the shot was going in or not. I was looking at what our guards were doing. And I cannot tell you the amount of times that Kellen and Severe and Ty Ty were caught napping, and I watched Keyshawn Bryant run around them, get the ro- like get the ball or someone of like that nature, get the ball. And it was so infuriating because I think our biggest strength is getting the ball in transition. That's always been a staple of Calipari. However – I think we've done that so much where it's not even like like a thought to box out our guards. Like they put the shot up and we have two guards already leaking down the floor. You know what I mean? So I think our guards just – I'm sure Cal will watch the tape over it. And during the game I told you like, oh, I hope like when they get back to Lexington, he makes them run for all that stuff. And like I'm not going to lie, I still do because I think that's inexcusable. You have a job just because the shot's up doesn't mean, all right, plays over. I get to go on offense or that, oh, we have the best rebounder in the history of college basketball over the last 40 years down there. You still have a job to do in terms of rebounding and you got to box out because they were living on the offensive glass. And if we have a normal, if they box out, we probably win this game by like 18 points if I'm being completely honest. So how do you feel about that? I'm going to 
play devil's advocate because I'm, I'm not really sure if I completely agree with this, but I'm just going to offer a counterpoint. So some of our best offense comes from Oscar rebounding, passing to Xavier Wheeler, who's already 20 feet down the court, Xavier passing it ahead to Ty Ty Washington, who's already passed midcourt, and then either throw in a pass to Keon, who's going to get an easy dunk, or throwing the ball into the wing to either Grady or Mintz, who have a wide open three just because they beat everyone back. So when you only rebound with Oscar and you put four guys down the court, we're going to get wide open layups, dunks, and wide open three-pointers, which, which are the best kind of three-pointers. The two, the two best three-pointers are off of an offensive rebound or in transition. So getting those transition threes is great. Um, obviously, you got to weigh reward and risk. I mean, where, where do you stand on that as, in, in terms of just balancing, making sure we're getting guys down the court, but also making sure we get the ball first? I get that for sure. Um, my concern is that if we play a team that's better than South Carolina, which we will for sure, um, we probably lose that game. I think we got lucky because they were five for 20 from three. They shot 37%. Um, and I, I I know how great the offense is when we push the ball in transition. We have guys leaking down the court, but we were getting killed, like genuinely getting killed. And against a better team, that's not going to fly. Like, so I, I understand that in, in terms of transition, like we, we love to, to move the ball. I mean, we move the ball down the floor and like a snap better than anyone else does in the country. And I'm sure of that, but it also comes at the price. And I think I would have just liked to see a little bit less transition and let our guys just crash the glass, make sure we get, get the ball. And I mean, we shot 57%. And most of that was coming from half-court looks anyway, so or half-court offense. So, I don't know, just tonight, preferably, I would have liked to see a little bit more help on the glass. Absolutely fair. Don't disagree there. Um, at UKFan1980 said he wants to see a fast-break windmill dunk by Jacob Toppin or Kareem Watkins. Um, J.D. Hall at Tiffin Wildcat of the Great Religiously Kentucky podcast says he wants to see a throwback off the backboard pass for a dunk I believe they're both referencing the uh Tyler Eulis lob to who was it do you remember in 2016 Marcus Lee Marcus Lee that's it um I don't think we saw any crazy dunks tonight I think Jacob Toppin had a really good putback dunk if I don't rem- if I remember correctly yeah he is something like that um but staying on the top a topic of Toppin um do you do you have you see any injury updates on him to this point no, it's, I don't like, I'm not a doctor. I'm a journalism student. Like, I don't know anything medical related, but like, it didn't look like he tweaked his ankle like that hard. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. I'm, you agree with me on that or. It, I, I don't want to say that again for the same reason. I don't want to jinx it or say like, oh, right, you're like, soft. Yeah. you didn't twist it too hard. I don't want that to be the name. I'm not saying that at all. Saying. I'm just saying like, in terms of like the severity, like obviously the more you, you twist it, the worse it probably is. Um, it didn't look like he severely twisted. Like Ty Ty, when he did, when he twisted his, he, that was like a 90 degree angle practically of his, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. but Jacob, it looked like it was just a minor tweak or a tweak in general. And I hope he's fine, um, obviously. And he was playing really well. I was, I'm not even kidding. After his 10th bucket or his 10th point, I was like, he might join the 20 point club this year, but that quickly did not happen. Uh, but Jacob Toppin, if you're listening to this, Please get healthy. 
Yeah, I hope he's okay. I, I think it's just because he's had an ankle problem for a minute now, right? It, yeah, he, he had it. Was it the Mississippi State game? It was because it was him and Oscar that got hurt or hurt a little bit. Yeah, so I, I hope this is just precautionary. Um, we don't really have time to give him a lot of time off. Um, no. <laughs> so hopefully, ho- hopefully he he's fine by the weekend. He can get back to a hundred percent, or if he needs to miss a game or two, maybe it's time for Damian Collins or Bryce Hopkins, previously mentioned for for them to go and step up. But I mean, yeah. pre-injury, what did you see from Jacob Toppin? Because I think he probably played the most impressive five-minute stretch of the game from anyone on our team. He uh, he was aggressive. And uh, I think Carolina was running a zone and a press. And he was just able to find the soft spots, and he was rewarded. And Severe found him a lot. So credit to Severe for that. It's not like like Toppin was making like crazy buckets it was mostly just like layups and he had a dunker he had two dunks and then two layups and then he had his or no he had two dunks a layup and then he had the mid-range shot and then he had two free throws but it doesn't really matter how you get him as long as you put points on the board so as long as he could give us consistent scoring because sometimes it's teams won't respect him and kind of rightfully so because I don't I would like to see him shoot more threes and take more jump shots so teams can guard him, but the fact that he was able to give give us ten points in six minutes, that's that's out of this world. So shout out to Jacob for that. Especially when he's not really known for his scoring, you know, like right. he's the guy that we want to see do everything else. Like I remember that game against I think it was LSU. He was, um, or no, I think it was Western Kentucky. He had like six assists just from passing out of the post. I mean, we know him for his yep. defense, his energy, his rebounding. So when he is able to come in and be like a spark plug on offense. That's just bonus. But uh, moving on, uh, Connor Caldwell and Akshay Babsar, they both um, nope. have been on this podcast before, and they're clearly joking here, but they both said that they wanted to see Shaden yeah. Sharp tonight. Um, I I was debating when the news broke yesterday. I was thinking about texting, like, hey, do you want to record a surprise episode and um, just address this, but honestly, I don't, I don't really feel like talking about the situation. I don't have anything left to um, add to the whole situation other than just don't be an idiot. Don't be a jerk. Respect the kid's decision. In my opinion, I think he's coming back next year still, but if not, respect the kid's decision. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I would love to ban the words shade and sharp on this podcast. I think I might have to do it on Twitter too, because uh, you can do that or mute the words at least. Look, the thing with Shaden, he does not owe us a single thing. If he wants to go to the NBA, cheer him on. Uh, I've seen a lot of fans say it's about the name on the front and out the back. It has nothing to do with this. He says he's coming back. Calipari says he's coming back. His mentors are saying that he's coming back. His parents are saying that he's coming back. Trust the kid. Trust Cal. Leave it at that and enjoy this team that we have right now. To my knowledge, um, Shane Sharp came to this year's team from the start being very explicit that he only came here to practice, you know? So anyone saying like, oh, he's just using Kentucky. I mean, when he said, hey, I want to come here half a semester or a semester early to practice, John Calipari could have said, no, the program agreed to take him in just yeah. to practice, you know? So it's not just Jaden Sharp screwing over the program. I mean, that that was the mutual agreement between both parties that what he was going to do this year. And to my to my um, understanding of it, he's completely fulfilled it. But like you said, unless something serious happens one way or another, 
I really don't feel like we need to address them. Because I got one thing to, to say regarding it. Sorry yeah. to cut you off really quick. Uh, in terms of the dumbest tweet that I've seen, though, because I like to think about the dumbest things that I see, uh, I saw someone say that he should not practice anymore because he will risk injuring someone else on the team during practice. Um, I don't even know where to begin with that, but if whoever that was, just get off Twitter. Stop, please. Uh, we can move on. So Probably a Auburn fan or something. And no, it was a Kentucky cover. guy, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, moving on, uh, at Sam Bowie Burner, uh, our first question actually asked for us. Actually, no, Todd, hashtag BBN, of course, asked the question about Damian Collins. But uh, our second question, he says, do you agree that Grady should be taking way more shots than he is right now, or do you like where it's at? I like where it's at. I like he's – teams are selling out to stop him. Like, they are not leaving his – remember, like, the Ochai, like, Baji treatment yeah. that we gave him? It's like a rendition of that, of teams giving count. Like, they are sticking to him. They're not letting it open. And he's not a guy that can, like, shoot over someone. He's not, like, an ISO scorer. I mean, he has the capability of doing it. I would like to see him take it off the dribble a little bit more. To I think – so, in terms of that question, in terms of off the dribble scoring, yes. But in all fairness to Kellen, he's not getting, like, great looks because teams are really, really focusing on him. I mean, I – I stand by my point that I'm yet to see Colin Grady take a bad shot all year. It doesn't matter how twisted or how much he's fading away or how deep his three is. I, I love to see them all, but I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, in the beginning of the season, he was passing wide open looks, right. but now he is either one taking the looks like we saw tonight against South Carolina. I think he was tied for the second most shot attempts with 10 tying Tai Washington, trailing Oscar Shibuya at 12. So second most shot attempts tonight when he was left open. And I feel like he took advantage of it. You go back to Alabama, they were glued to him. So yeah, he took, I think, five shot attempts. Three of them were threes. He still made two threes on three attempts. So I feel like he's, even when he's not getting a lot of shot attempts, he's still contributing to our offensive scoring. But, I mean, more than anything, I mean, when you glue a guy to Kellen Grady, I mean, he opens up driving lanes for Saber right. Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington, and uh, Davion Lance to do whatever they want. So, if he is passing up wide open shots, that's one thing. But I, as of late, I haven't seen that. He's either taking the wide open shots or he's drawing a defender so close to him that they really don't have any other um, – he doesn't really have an option to shoot or not. Like, he's just creating space for others. I mean, did you see the shot that he took in the first half? He was fading out of bounds. Like, I, and it was in the corner. And he was fading out of bounds. And he missed. But it was close. And our during warm-ups, that's the only shot that that dude practices. He, you know, fading threes, sideways threes, stuff like that. Like, I think he's took, he's gotten, clearly he's gotten the message from Cal saying that he needs to shoot the ball. And now that he's doing that in games, like, I don't care how many dudes are on him. I don't care if he's fading out of bounds. I don't care if he's, his ass is on the ground. Like, is if he's putting that ball up, I'm with it. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on. Um, I actually went through some of these tweets beforehand just to kind of organize them in categories. That way I'm able to rattle them off. This one does not fall under a category. I call this category Jay Hayes because th there's literally nowhere other to put it. But this tweet <laughs> by Jay Hayes, at Jay Hayes KY, um, co-host with uh, J.D. Hall of the, the great religiously Kentucky podcast. He asked for four things. He said he wants to see an under-the-leg dunk by Toppin. Don't think we saw <laughs> that. 
Um, a 15-20 game from Oscar Shibwe. I think he Close. fell a little short of that tonight. Yeah, he had 18-14, so pretty close, actually. Not bad. Um, he wanted to see Cal get tossed. I shockingly did not pick up a technical tonight. They want to see Grady hit seven threes. Um, he did make five shots, though. Two of them were three, so a little short on all four of those. So, sorry, Jay. He uh, ended that by saying, don't at me after the game. Sorry, we're adding you right now. We'll we'll save that performance for the national championship where all that will happen. So it'll come, Jay. Absolutely. Um, a couple other ones. Um, John Broaden said, would like a W, big O with 18 and 18. Like we said, kind of got close to that. Wheeler with 10 assists and 10 points. Fell short on the points, but got 11 assists. Um, Jacob Toppin with a three and a 360 and three blocks. So we didn't see the dunk. I don't think we got that many blocks. Uh we did see a couple long mid-rangers, though. We didn't see a three, so we're kind of close to that. Grady with five threes. He's asking for a lot. We only saw two threes, uh, five rebounds. I don't know how Grady did rebounding tonight. Do you have that stat pulled up? Uh, he had three rebounds. So kind of close. We're, we were kind of getting, like, what, 60% of what this guy wants. Um, Ty Ty with three threes, <laughs> four floaters, and six assists. Um, he might have got it with the floaters. This floater game was on today, and he yeah. would have had more if he didn't get called for the charges. Yeah. Um, Lance Ware with three blocks and three rebounds and five points. Um, Lance Ware had a solid game. I don't think he was out long enough to accumulate that many stats. Um, How long is this tweet? Damn. <laughs> so, no, he's, he's using all 280 of his characters. Yeah, jeez. Damian Collins with two boards and five points. A lot of these are really specific, too. Yeah. Um, and lastly, <laughs> Mince with eight points and five assists. I think we got Davion Mince with We got Mince points. points. So there we go. What we was this guy's him, we name? Him. We got him for one of them. Um, one last one, Austin Dacey. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he said, this will sound dumb, but Dante Allen gets some run with no shade in. I would like to see him get a little more run in case we need him come tournament, tournament time. He's been slowly working in Bryce and Damian. Do this the same for Dante. Obviously, we didn't see that tonight. Um, CJ Frederick, I also don't know if you saw this, he officially announced he won't be coming back. I know he hinted at it. I said, Oh, he didn't? Yeah, he said he won't be coming back. I, I hinted that he might be. I, I think there was a, not a good chance, but I think people were completely eliminating, and I don't think that was fair to say it's eliminated. But he did officially eliminate it now. So with CJ Frederick um, and Shane Sharp officially not playing this season, would you like to see some Dante in some minutes? No. Um, I look, I love Dante. Um, he has stuck through it. He could have transferred after last year. Um, I just, his shot, Cal has given him numerous chances this year and he doesn't provide defense and his one role is to be a three point shooter and he's shooting like 17%. So he, especially in February now, you can't be all right, well, you know, we could try to work you into this line. It, we got our lineup, and this isn't a, a disrespect to Dante, but it's, it is what it is. It's how college basketball – it's how basketball works in general. So, um, to answer your question, I, I, I'm good without the, the Dante Allen experience. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to have one more question for you, and this is by Selena at KYSAS underscore. She didn't add us or anything. I just thought this was a great point. Um. She said, hey, BBN, fun question for you. Who would you pick for a 3v3 tourney out of Cal's former players? Who, who would be your three? And do you need a second? I can do mine first. 
Oh, uh, yeah, you could do yours. I would take Tyler Ulis at the point guard. I would have John Wall out there so we could do a two-point guard lineup that we know Cal likes. And I would have the man, Anthony Davis, down low. Hmm. I would do Johnny David, Sam Malone, and Josh Harrelson. You know um, what? We're gonna we're gonna vote on Twitter to see who wins. <laughs> no, nah, in all seriousness, I would do AD obviously. Um, I'm gonna do this is gonna be kind of weird. I'm gonna do Murray just because just for three point shooting, and then I'm gonna do a little bit of wild card. I'm gonna do Ashton Higgins because okay. I, I want that defense. I think that defense is especially in a three on three. If he's ripping dudes up, I'll take it. So Higgins, Murray, Davis. Um, I'll give you Davis, and I'll, I'll take Carl Anthony Towns. That way we have different teams. That's so fair. That's have, fair. Who, who's your point guard? Ashton Higgins. And I got Tyler Ulis. And then who's your wing, I guess we'll call him? Murray. And I got John Wall off on the wing. And you got mm-hmm. Anthony Davis down low, and I got Carl Anthony Towns. So if you're listening this far, uh, drop your three and let us know which one of us sucks more. And tell me how much of an idiot I am for choosing Ashton Higgins. It's fine. We're here for it. If we're if we're <laughs> playing, if my team is Georgia, then you probably win. <laughs> but yeah, um, we, we answered everyone's questions at this point. So, is there anything that wasn't brought up that you'd like to add before we get out of here? Uh, Keon Brooks. Um, you know, I wish I love you. I will always defend you. You are a child of mine in in my head. However, you know. <clears throat> I appreciate you trying to get your rebound numbers up in the last minute of the game. However, like I said, you stole rebounds from Oscar. And I would have liked if you could have maybe rebounded the ball, uh, ball a little bit more during the game. Uh, and one more thought, Keyshawn Bryant, if you're ever entering the transfer portal, come to Kentucky. All right. That's, that's a nice little that's a nice little last call. Um, obviously, if you if you don't know, Auburn got knocked off tonight. Uh, yes. Illinois, as we're recording this, is down one point at Purdue. We could get a couple losses in the top five there. Kentucky could move themselves into the current run for number one seed and potentially a top three AP poll. You know, the so coveted and well-respected AP poll. But the, the one seed is the one we're looking for. But with that we're being up. said, any last words before we get out of here? Uh, it was a great night. Uh, fun recording this. Uh, I'm sorry to all the pushing P, Peacock, Auburn fans, uh, ratio, you guys suck. And, you know, let's just keep this momentum going forward. Let's beat Florida because it's always fun to beat Florida. And, yeah, overall, good night. With that being said, where can we find your work? Uh, my Twitter is actually changed. It's at Scott Clark with an E at the end of Clark and then UK. And then you can find my work at kycolonel.com. I do a lot of articles for UK athletics, not just basketball. What about you, Matt? I am at Matt Sack BBN on Twitter. Um, it actually used to be Matt Sack 46 and then I switched it to BBN. So I guess I guess we both joined the UK podcast game and then want to switch it to a BBN Twitter handle. But yeah, I'm 46. At, at Matt Sack BBN on Twitter. Um, catscoverage.com is where you can find all my writing stuff. I have a new article out on breakout performances from freshmen in the month of February. So Go to give that a check out, and maybe we see an addition to that from Damian Collins or Bryce Hopkins. Um, you can find the Courtside Connect podcast, obviously, wherever you're listening to it right now, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcast, courtsideconnect.com or catscoverage.com slash podcast. And now in our new edition, iHeartRadio. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening so much. Thank you guys for your answers on our Twitter. I had a lot of fun responding to y'all. And as always, go Cats. Go Cats, guys. See you. Just need to clear my mind.